Welcome to Diamond Healing Radio with Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos, a powerful and extraordinary healer, best-selling author, and international scientist. Stay tuned to learn how to be vibrant and healthy at any age. Diamond Healing Radio is hosted on the Amazing Women of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming channel. Take a slow, deep breath, then let it out slowly to become more relaxed and open to learn the latest on scientific healing from Anastasia and her guests. Be ready to feel and look better than you ever have before. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Anastasia Choplis with another episode of Diamond Healing Radio. This week, I have a very special guest who I recently met and found out that she was a licensed marriage and family therapist, but not your typical one, not the one where it just they just go and you just talk it out. But she actually does some energetic work. And that energetic work includes doing past life therapy. And she also does some shaman work. So this is Christina Lisa, and I recently met her and was really fascinated by the methods she used, so I thought that she would be a great candidate for you, the listener, to learn all about this. So welcome to the show, Christine. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Anastasia. I'm very happy to be here. You're most welcome. So tell me a little bit about how you got started on this kind of work. This always fascinates me. Well, I think the whole journey has been a journey that started with myself and then grew into what my interests were and also how I wanted to help. Um, I started, I guess, when I was working, I began my work as a therapist with children because that was my first passion. And as I got better at that, then I started seeing that I had some issues of my own. And as a therapist, you want to go back and make sure that you are as clean as you can so you're not affecting anybody else. So I found that I needed to get some therapy, and it turned out to be tough life therapy. And the therapist that uh, helped me with that and trained me said that past life therapy is everything from this moment past. So it could be yesterday. It could be, you know, your childhood. It could be uh, your birth. It could be a past life. And so I did a lot of work on myself, and I ended up uh, learning to do the process and eventually trained other therapists in that modality. And then I took it a little farther and put together the past life therapy with the children that I worked with, and I made a model where children could do the work and did not feel traumatized by it. They were actually, their symptoms and behaviors changed, and uh, it flourished. So it's been a journey of myself and growth and learning. Well, I think that's the way most of us end up getting into. Uh, most of us get up, end up getting into this kind of energetic work. Is that we start out and we are going. There has to be a different answer than what's already out there, and start right. and start exploring. So, um, what do you think people are really needing in their lives right now? 
Well, I think there's several things, but the ones that pop in my mind the most are um, they need some help in their relationships, uh, and that doesn't always mean just their relationships with their loved ones. It could be their relationship with themselves, you know, how good they are to each other and to themselves. Um, So I think that's a big need, that people feel really disconnected. Yes. And, you know... Of the eight factors that um, affect our physical health, their relationship is the number one. And relationship, it, of course, starts with us. If we treat ourselves well, we'll treat other people. If we accept our own faults, we accept the faults of others. Exactly. Exactly. That's so, so true. It seems to be a daily life lesson sometimes. Yes. remembering that. Yeah. And then the the pattern the pattern of behavior that we either inherit from our society or our family or even as passed down to us from generation to generation, we get we have that programming in us, and a lot of times we're trying to figure out how to work around it, and we uh, take on we bite off too much, <laughs> we can't chew it. So I think that this past life regression. Um, is really helpful and how, what do you feel the purpose of your doing the past life regressions with your clients well I think it's, it's similar to what you just said in other words we have these patterns that we have and then we repeat them and repeat them we try to kind of cope with them like you were saying mm-hmm. get around them somehow but what happens is that a lot of them are just lodged in our subconscious so even though we're consciously trying to figure out how to get away from them, they keep turning up, you know. So I think past life therapy, anything that comes from the past, uh, sometimes that experience lodges in our subconscious, and it does what I call just kind of circling. It cycles around and around. And sometimes people aren't even aware of the pattern that they have. You know, they may say, well, I'm doing, I think I'm doing pretty well in life. Oh, by the way, yeah, I don't seem to have as much business as I need. Or, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm pain that won't go away. Okay, well, let's talk about that, you know. Or all men because, are the same, or all women are the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. And yeah, it's just right. it's just that you keep attracting the same kind of person to you, and that's where Absolutely. that's something. <laughs> and you don't realize it's you. Exactly. So that's a, you know, hard step, but when people can start to feel the effects of really going into their own patterns to release them, they they feel a freedom. It's almost like what I try to call it is actually call it integration. They're integrate, integrating themselves and, perfect. and not scattering themselves. That's perfect. So um, what would be something that you would treat? And I see that you've worked a lot with children. So um, what would be one of the successes or some of the successes you've had where they're stuck and now you've released them? Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of the successes that I've had is with the issue of birth, because I work a lot also with birth. So that means you don't have to believe in any past life issue. It's just birth trauma. 
And I, I had a little boy who came to me. He was very young. He was about uh, two and a half. And he wasn't uh, talking. He, was, he couldn't verbalize yet. He was mumbling. But, you know, he wasn't even at the developmental level that he should have been. And he was very depressed. He wasn't walking. He could barely crawl. And they'd taken him to the doctor. He had no organic problems or, you know, no developmental problems. And uh, so I started working with him. He had had a traumatic birth. He almost died. The cord was wrapped around his neck. They did an emergency C-section. And, um, and then uh, very soon after that, he had to have another surgery for his testicles weren't descending. And when they took him to the doctor to have that done, he screamed and yelled and they could barely hold him down to, you know, anesthetize him. So he was very traumatized. So I worked with him in the technique that I use with children and the parents were actually in the room in that case because with very young children, they have to have their parents with them. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of educating. And within about uh, four or five sessions, he was um, he was smiling, giggling. He'd come up and hug me. He uh, was crawling all over the place and uh, standing on his own and just interacting really, really well with everybody around him. And the parents, you know, took him to physical therapy. But he, it was a profound difference for him. So it was a real success in being able to, what I call, clear the emotional impact of that experience. And we did it in a very loving way so that um, he was able to get through a lot of his emotion in a safe place. Because that's really a very important thing to me, is that the child feels safe, even though they're going through something difficult. Yeah, it feels like some people that that kind of thing happens to, like when I read them energetically, um, Mm -hmm. they're not fully or centered. So it's like they haven't decided whether they're going to be alive or not. Right. Right. So they're not embracing life fully like another child. Another child at that age would be running around saying no all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, you're right because it's that feeling of, did I die? Am I dead? Do I want to die? And how I feel that? No, it's just a. Yeah. It's just an error, and it's just kind of like a, a mental error, you know, mental m- misprogramming, and this this kind of thing really, really, really helps. Yes, right. I've also worked with children that have attention deficit disorder, and um, of course there's varying degrees of that, and it's a huge subject, but what I've found is that when they can do the work, what, what my focus is with them sometimes is because they're so distracted or they're moving all the time, they want, that's their way of coping, is to stay active and moving around. Mm-hmm. So I go to, to the opposite. In other words, where's the place where you felt stuck and you couldn't move? 
and what happened to you there. Oh, and interesting. Once, yeah, so we go to the opposite. You know, in other words, it's safe for them to move around or be distracted, but it's unsafe to stay still. Wow. So we have to go to those traumatic places. And, um, yeah, I've had children be able to work through a lot of it, quite a bit of the, uh, the distractibility. It yeah. doesn't mean that, you know, you know, sometimes I work with children and then we're able to clear it and then they come back as a teenager because when you work with children, it's different from adults. Yes. They can only do it at a certain point, you know, developmentally. And then you have to stop working with them. And then they can come, if they come back with another issue in adolescence, which happens sometimes, um, because they are just growing. And so something else gets stimulated and we can work on it. So it's kind of a little different than working with an adult who can who can really stay with you to process, you know, most of their material. Yeah, process and integrate. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, the yeah, developmentally the children just need a fighting chance because a lot of things like it's also dyslexia is associated with ADD. And right. my, I have a, a child that was not ADD, but did have a severe case of dyslexia. And um, I found out that they have balance issues. So she was, yeah. she was falling yeah. all over the place when she was little. I, I wondered if she was going to make it to adulthood without bumping her head to pieces. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And my son was the opposite. He did not have that problem. And he could stand, when he was two, he would stand on this really narrow little ledge and just stand there like steady as a rock without, and my daughter would have fallen. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So I yeah. read that it was a, a matter of the matter of where they had their reference point in their body and... For the dyslectic, they it moves, and for the the non-dyslectic, it doesn't move. So she was always in motion, but not ADD. You know, she would, yeah. and so it was interesting what eventually solved it. Oh, what what was that? Well, for for her, I had her do a movement therapy. And they would do uh, certain shapes for the letters and make the sounds at the same time, and they do like this dance. So everything was danced out, and they then started being able to center themselves, and because that's basically what it is: is being the difference between being off center and centered. And what I mean by that is we have a spirit that's that inhabits our body. And if the spirit is off center, which is the this cho- the same with your two and a half year old, his energy was off center, so it wasn't fully embodied into his body. And finally, when it did, that's when he started running around and behaving like a normal little two year old, saying no all the time. I want the old kid back. <laughs> <laughs> but but um and and yeah. so because yeah my daughter was also dyslexic and we went to we took her to vision therapy which incorporated all what similar to what you're talking about lots of movement lots of doing two or three things at the same time with her eyes with her body with her balance 
It's really awesome, yeah, and a lot of people think it's not, but it, it's very, it's not that hard to correct. It just takes some work, and she went yeah. from making like 65 spelling mistakes in a two-page essay to making five in like a month. Wow. Yeah, it was profound, awesome. profound, profound. Oh, that's great. I think that's really good for people to know because they get bogged down in what the school system says is the truth, and... You know, I think parents sometimes have to say, wait a minute, I'm going to go and do something outside of that system because I don't want my child labeled. You know, that's an awful thing to go through. And, well, absolutely. And, and, and she graduated college with magna cum laude. And, oh, my gosh. And now she has a master's degree from UCLA. One, and, this, and she competed with 150 other students to get in, and only 13 were admitted. And she graduated with awards and top grades. So, you oh know. Oh, my gosh. That's fabulous. This is from flunking the 10th grade. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, that's so inspirational. It gives me tingles. I know. Oh, so I'm, I'm like you. I'm all for, for helping children. So whenever anybody comes to me with a child, I'm very enthusiastic because... The amount of change you can do with a little bit of effort is really profound. It is. It's very profound. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's wonderful. So what are some tips you could give parents who are struggling with their teenagers? That's a favorite topic of mine. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. We'll compare notes here. Um, well, I think um, one of the first thing I try to help parents with is to to stop and look at teenage life and what's going on in the teenager. In other words, if they can separate themselves a little bit and just look at, you know, the child is really changing at this time, not just the hormones, but their abilities to want to be independent and yet really needing a lot of security at home. And so they they go back and forth, you know, it's like watching a tennis match, you know, they want to go crazy and they feel they're invincible and then they need you to be there to talk about something with them. So it's, it's a, it feels sort of crazy sometimes, mm -hmm. but it, if you can kind of feel this is the intensity of what they're going through. So you're not speaking with the same child in a way that you raised. Now this one is really changing and expanding. So I try to first educate them on all the different changes that, you know, they're going through with their brain and everything. And peer pressure and the importance of it, all those issues that stand out, I think, that to understand the changes they're going through. And then, and then I also um, tell them to uh, stop the power struggles. Because a lot of parents think, okay, well, my child did what I told them to do. The rules we had worked until they were, what, 11, maybe 12, and now they're not working anymore. So I'm in a power struggle with my teenager. And once you're in a power struggle, you never win. No. Because they're going to come up with something else, and they'll come up with something else. Well, <laughs> yeah, they sit all day and try and figure ways around it. <laughs> 
<laughs> They're very clever. And they, they do have rate and they have way more energy than we do. <laughs> yeah. Put a lot of effort into it and they do. <laughs> yeah. So you kinda have to realize you're not gonna win the battle, but you might be able to reach a child if you listen to them in a way that is different. You know, I think listening to a teenager requires a lot of patience because it depends. You know, some teenagers don't talk at all. They don't want to talk to you. They close the door. They're in the room. They're gone. And some just want to go, blah, 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 blah. You know, let me tell you every little detail of my day. You know, so. But those that want to talk to you, please listen. And those that don't want to talk, find a way that you can talk to them. Um, I know a lot of parents find that when they're in the car with the teenager, that's some of the best time that they have with them because there are no other distractions and they can talk about something in a fun way and that might lead to a more serious thing. And it can surprise the parents sometimes that um, maybe, you know, like boys a lot of times don't want to talk. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> boys are the struggle. Yeah. Yes, my my son was like that. I, you know, he used to tell me everything and then when he turned about 14 and he started having girlfriends, I'd say, "So tell me about Susie." And he goes, "Mom, I'm not talking about my girlfriends." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Alrighty then." <laughs> But I think one of the yeah. things that, that adults do is they tend to forget what, what it felt like to have those raging hormones and those insecurities and worrying about every little zit that appears on their face and right. and how, and you know, they had to be, they, they had to dress a certain way and they were always worried about how they looked to other people. And, you know, that's just right. like all this angst they go through. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's huge. Yeah. So you say Yep, and you don't even know what you did. It's like, what? What did I say? Right, no, it really wasn't you. It's just too much. They've just got an overload of things they're having to deal with. So, yeah. So I just say try to have some fun with them in any way you can. You know, get creative because um, they still need you, even though they keep telling you, go away. They do. And so uh-huh. when people transform radically, you also need to help them through that process. So tell me a little bit about that. Oh, about transforming radically. Yeah. I, um, when I work with adults in particular, well, kids too, they make a radical change. And what that is, I think in a nutshell, is they take off the layers of issues that they've been carrying around so that the real person inside is there, that's totally there. Uh, Sometimes we think that we are something else, but when you start doing very deep work, um, you know, like maybe early childhood trauma or abuse or past life issues where you're, your patterns or your phobias were overtaking you, um, 
you, you really are kind of living a little bit on the surface and you sometimes aren't even aware of that kind of like with not a real sense of groundedness and I think when these people do the work with me they do make a radical transformation um, for instance I worked with this couple um, because as a marriage family counselor I work with couples but the way I do it is that I I have them together, but then we work individually. And each one, uh, both the wife and the husband, did this very radical transformation in my office. And um, their marriage was on the skids. It was gonna, it was gonna die. But with both of them working on themselves and clearing out some really gunky stuff, you know, to be you know, very professional, they uh, they are now uh, very close and getting closer every day. And so it's, um, if I can just briefly tell you, because it it's so amazing, because the, the husband, he's a real macho guy and very, very, you know, he's got a job where he's a boss, you know, there's a lot of people under him. And so it's difficult for him to do his work. It was, but he stuck with it because he loved his wife so much. And what we found is we found that he would, he had this anger issue where he would just, all of a sudden, it was like it came out of the blue. He would get angry what you thought was for no reason. Didn't even make any sense. You know, he would be fine, and then it was like his son said it was kind of like um, he flipped a switch. The light went on or the light went off. It just happened so quickly. Yeah, I call it the insanity switch. (laughs) You call it what? The insanity switch. Yeah. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden an insanity switch goes off and you can't reason with them anymore. And I always tell people it's time to walk away and wait until they calm down. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no way to interact with them. Yes. Right. So I do a lot of coaching with the wife and the son. But when he um, did some past life regressions, he was able to find the lifetime where that switch had been created. Ah. And once, and so when he found the switch, it was like it just clicked and was gone. So he no longer does that. Beautiful. So it's, yeah, it's been very profound for their relationship. Yeah, really, it makes a big difference is to find the source. Yeah, it, you the way you describe it is very similar to the way I describe what I do is I just, I tell people I take everything away that's not them and all that leaves, uh, right? And leave, what it leaves is their essence. Yes, that's yeah, beautiful. Right? And yeah. so their essence, and the thing that we've been afraid to do is let our own essence out for fear of, you know, disapproval or not being liked. But I, I got to that point myself where I said, well, I don't like everybody, so why should everybody like me? <laughs> and so then what I found is that when I found my voice and I was brave to voice, voice my own opinion, people liked it better because they like decisive people. They don't like somebody going, well, I don't know. Well, I could go anywhere. I uh, well, yeah, Chinese. That sounds good. 
<laughs> say no i prefer i prefer vietnamese food today not chinese let's go do something yeah. else you know and then they go oh yeah that sounds like fun let's go do that and then everybody was happy <laughs> uh, isn't that interesting yeah when you stay in like you say your essence who you are and speak that you know speak it out you know people get you know the sense of oh she knows who she is that feels good to be around. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. So we've come to the, the end of our time together. It's been totally delightful and very enlightening. And I've set up a page for people to contact Christina Lisa if they're interested in doing some past life regression work or you know working out a couple situation. Um, I don't specialize in that. I do other things, but I'd be happy to send them your way. So um, they go to diamondhealingradio.com forward slash Christine. Diamondhealingradio.com forward slash Christine. So thank you so much for all this enlightening and interesting work that you're doing. Oh, well, thank you for having me, Anastasia. It was delightful talking to you today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us on Diamond Healing Radio, hosted on the Amazing Women of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming channel. To learn more and get your free healing meditation, go to diamondhealingradio.com and join us next week to hear more on how you can live a vibrant and healthy life using the fusion of science and energy healing. Until next week... Remember to take a deep breath before you go about your day.